0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au.
1: Daniel believed in a sovereign God. Daniel understood that dictators and kings who thought they were in control would come and go, but ultimately
0: he knew the Lord was in control. Believers can sometimes feel disrespected and even marginalized. From the book of Daniel, Pastor Greg Laurie points to an important lesson.
1: Daniel believed in a sovereign God, and we need to believe that too. When things in life aren't making sense, go back to what you understand. God is in control of your life. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: dismisses a biblical worldview as fantasy. They reject the Bible and ridicule those who believe it. Even the government seems to encourage secularism and criticize matters of faith. The prophet Daniel would be familiar with this trend and he'd have some encouraging counsel to share on how to cope. In fact, that's our focus today on A New Beginning. As Pastor Greg Laurie brings us a message from the book of Daniel called The Influence of a Godly Life.
1: The other day, I took two of my grandchildren out for ice cream because that's what grandparents do. That's our job to indulge our grandchildren, uh, to enjoy our grandchildren. And so we went and got some ice cream. And my grandson, Christopher, who's now five, had mentioned uh, a Lego set that he wanted, probably saw it advertised in a commercial on television. And so he came in and said, "Papa, that's what he calls me. Are there any chores I could do so I could get a Lego set?" So I, you know, I I was aware of it, which I thought that was a great way to approach it. And so we went to ice cream, and afterwards I said, "Well, let's go over to the toy store." So we walked on over to the toy store, and I found the Lego section, and and I said, "Do you see that uh, set you want?" And he found it. And there was this one little character in particular he really wanted. And so I pulled out the box. And as you probably know, Legos are not cheap, okay? These sets get kind of expensive. And this was a fairly good size one. And I went, well, okay. I looked at the price. I don't know about that, you know. So, uh, And then I asked the guy in charge, is this little character he really wants in a smaller set? And he found it in a very small little box. It was like the character in a couple of extra things. And so I went to Christopher and I held both boxes up to him. I said, "Okay, Christopher, you can get the small box or you can get the big box you choose. He looked at both of them. He says, I'll get the small one. I said, why do you say that? He says, well, I don't want you to have to spend too much money. So he got the small box and we got out of there. No, you know, (laughs) you know what I did, right? I got him the big box. Why? because He made the right choice. And in life we are faced with thousands of choices every day. We can choose to do what God tells us to do in His Word or we can disregard it. But when we make the right choices, and they are not always easy are they, when we make those right choices and do what the Lord tells us to do He will bless us. God says, Behold, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life that you may live. I love how he tells us what the choices are and he gives us the answer. Like here's what you should choose, by the way, in case you're confused. And when we don't choose the right things, we face the consequences. Well, before us here in the book of Daniel is a man that made the right choices again and again and again. We're first introduced to Daniel as a teenager, along with his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then as we come to the end of the book, we find this same man in his 90s, as passionate in his faith, and as strong in his stand as he was from the very beginning of his life. And Daniel influenced so many people. He influenced Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and what an amazing story they have. When King Nebuchadnezzar erected a giant image covered in gold and told all of the kingdom to worship it and everyone complied except these three young men, they refused to bow. As it turns out, they served in the king's court. They were like counselors to the king along with Daniel and others. So the king sort of liked these guys. He thought he'd give them another chance. They said, now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'll give you another chance. Just go ahead and bow before my image and everything's cool. Okay. They said, uh, no, not okay. And I love their statement to him. And Daniel, they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But I love this part. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, we will not serve your gods. We are not going to do it. They are standing on principle. Boy did this tick off the king. His face turned red and he said heat that furnace up seven times hotter and throw him in. And those three young men were thrown into this giant furnace. This giant bowl of fire. And a little time passes and the king looks in and he sees them walking around like it is a Sunday stroll in the park. And not only are the three of them walking around, but there's a fourth one with them. And the king is rubbing the smoke out of his eyes and he says, I thought we threw three in and there's a fourth one and the fourth one looks like the son of God. One translation, another translation, the son of the gods. I don't know what Nebuchadnezzar thought, but he was actually probably seeing Jesus himself walking with his people through the fire. You know, sometimes God delivers us From fiery trials in life. And other times, he walks with us through fiery trials in life. Either way, he's got your back. You're not alone. And some of you might be going through a fiery trial right now, a very hard set of circumstances. I can think of several people I know uh, that are going through them right now. A couple in particular who found out they have cancer. Man, that's a fiery trial. Others are facing other challenges with their family, with their finances, whatever it might be. But here's what the Bible says, 1 Peter four twelve, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trial. It has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. God will be with you in your fiery trial. Then as we continue through Daniel, there's the unexpected conversion of Nebuchadnezzar himself, <laughs> the most powerful man on the face of the earth. And he came to faith. Well, God had to humble him first. And after he was humbled and actually lost his senses for a period of time and his senses returned, he turned to the God that Daniel believed in. Because of the faithfulness of Daniel and the influence of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar became a believer and even sent out a letter to the whole kingdom and said, I now believe in the true and living God. This reminds us that no one is beyond the reach of God. Then there was Daniel himself, a fearless follower of God who spoke truth to Nebuchadnezzar, then to his grandson Belshazzar, and later to Darius who conquered the kingdom of Babylon. And there's a number of things that stand out in Daniel's life. But maybe the key to his successful life and ministry is found in Daniel 1.8, where we read Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself. And this was in a relatively small area about the food from the king's table, but it was that resolution. It was that commitment, that determination that carried him through life. As I pointed out, the end of your life is decided by the beginning of it, the evening by the morning. He made a principled stand in a relatively small area, and then he made a much more difficult stand in a much bigger area that followed. And there's a number of reasons that Daniel lived this way. And number one, it's because Daniel believed in a sovereign God. He believed in a sovereign God. Daniel 4.25 says, the most high rules in the kingdom of men. Daniel understood that dictators and kings who thought they were in control would come and go, but ultimately he knew the Lord was in control. And don't forget, he was taken from his homeland of Israel and became a captive in Babylon. So he had his whole life turned upside down and they even changed his name but they could not change his core beliefs or convictions. So he was a man that believed in a sovereign God and we need to believe that too. When things in life aren't making sense, go back to what you understand. God is in control of your life.
0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg is identifying important characteristics in the life of Daniel, characteristics that set him apart as a godly man and helped him live a life of righteousness in an unrighteous culture. Let's continue.
1: Not only did Daniel believe in the sovereign God, but number two, he had a deep prayer life. He had a deep prayer life. Do you? When the king asked for an interpretation to his dream... Daniel and his friends got together and they prayed for direction and the Lord gave it to him. And Daniel had that commitment to prayer no matter what the cost. Even when a law was passed by King Darius that no one could pray to any God except him for 40 days, Daniel knowing that this law was passed went to his home and he opened up his windows as he always did and he prayed giving thanks to God. He was summarily arrested and taken off to a pit of lions where he would be torn to pieces and eaten. And the, even King Darius, who really appreciated Daniel, didn't want this to happen, but once he signed something into the law, even he, the king, could not change it. But that night, we read, the king was up, he couldn't sleep, and Daniel slept like a baby. He probably leaned on a lion for comfort. You know, pulled a big paw over like a pillow, You know. And enjoy the evening. But those lions were hungry. Make no mistake about it. Because after God delivered Daniel in the lion's den. The king threw in the men that came up with this horrible plan to do so against Daniel. And they were eaten very quickly. I guess those lions had worked up quite an appetite. Another thing I'd point out is Daniel realized he had a work God had called him to do. Daniel realized he had a work God had called him to do. I mean he was stuck in Babylon. Babylon. Just like Joseph was stuck in Egypt. But we never read about Daniel complaining about his lot in life. He lived such a godly life that his enemies could find nothing in it to criticize. Number four, Daniel was tactful and considerate. He had access to powerful people, Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius. And he always spoke the truth to them. He was successful with Nebuchadnezzar not so much with Belshazzar. But he did not agree with their lifestyles or beliefs, but he respected their office. You know, it's important that we understand that we cannot influence a person if we don't have some kind of engagement with them. And some Christians just can't stand the idea of you talking to any person out there that may not share your beliefs. But my feeling is I want to engage people in relationships and seek to bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. Daniel understood that and his influence resulted in the conversion of Nebuchadnezzar. And that's probably why Daniel was called to be a prophet of the Lord. Even Jesus called him Daniel the prophet. To be a prophet means God gives you unique insight into the future. And Daniel had that insight and predicted the future with uncanny accuracy because it was given to him by God. It was revealed to Daniel who all the kingdoms of the world would be in history. There was Babylon that would be overthrown by the Medo-Persians, who would be overthrown by the Greeks, who would be conquered by the Romans. And Daniel even saw beyond that into still our future to a coming world leader the Bible calls the Antichrist that would emerge on the scene. So let's read a few passages together. Daniel chapter 12, I'd like to read verses one to four. At that time, Michael the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise and there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. We'll stop there. So verse one tells us a time of anguish is coming. It will be a period in human history of unprecedented horror and holocaust. It is coming on the earth. Revelation chapter six to 19 describe this time. We call the great tribulation period. And history, as we know today, will effectively end where it began, not on the battlefields of the United States or in Asia or in Europe. The final battles that will ever be fought between the nations of the world will take place in Israel, and that final battle will be known as the Battle of Armageddon. And by the way, the word Armageddon comes from the root word Megiddo, so it's speaking of a location, Uh, the Valley of Megiddo, which is there in Israel. And so that's where it's all going to end. In fact, the Bible even tells us that not only will the final conflicts happen in the Middle East, but it will center around the city of Jerusalem. Zechariah 12 says, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, and they will be in siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And on that day I'll make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, and all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the earth is gathered against it why this hostility toward israel today why does so many people oppose this jewish state think of all that the jewish people have gone through all the suffering they've had to endure think of the holocaust when 6 million jewish men women and children were sent to a certain death in a concentration camp by Hitler and the Nazis. And it was that horrific event that caused a determination in many of them to return to their homeland, knowing that's the only place they would be saved. And a modern day miracle happened when on May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation. And guess what nation recognized Israel as a nation before any other? the good old United States of America under President Truman. That was a very good thing to do. And we're told over in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 12, God spoke to Abraham and his descendants. And he said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. So I believe as we stand by the Jewish people and support them, we have God's blessing. And it is my belief that the next event on the prophetic calendar will be the rapture of the church. I know some say, well, you can't find the word rapture in the Bible. Well, that all depends. If you have a Latin translation, you'll find it because it's from the word rapturus, but it's a translation of the Greek word harpazo. If you're thinking of a name for a child, you might consider that. It says harpazo, little harpazo, or harpy, I don't know. I don't really recommend this name, but you can if you like, just throwing it out there. But to harpazo means to be caught up quickly. And it's used in many passages in Scripture, including 1 Thessalonians 4, when it says, The Lord Himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, there's Michael, with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up. That's the word harpazo. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This could happen at any moment. This could happen today. This could happen tonight. Not only would you be caught up into God's presence but you would be reunited with loved ones who have died in faith. So moms and dads and brothers and sisters and for some even sons and daughters, you would see them because you are reunited in faith because they died in faith in Jesus and will be caught up together with them. With them. And We're to comfort one another with these
0: words. Good news from Pastor Greg Laurie. We're gaining a glimpse of the time of the rapture through our studies of the prophetic book of Daniel. And there's more to come from this message next time on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg will be exploring how Daniel's godliness is actually a great inspiration for us all to follow. Hope you can join us next time. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Influence of a Godly Life. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor.